his idea was that the artificial intelligence would become so complex as to be out of human control. Humans would not be able to comprehend it. Uh, they would not be able to do anything but fuse with it in order to be relevant in the future. His is one of many visions. There are transhumanists who don't believe that's the case. They think it's more gradual. There's, you know, there's a, a transhumanist for every season. At this point, the transformation is going to continue to be radical. It may not be exactly Ray Kurzweil's trajectory. It will continue to accelerate. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations That Matter. I am your host, Alex Newman. We have a very special guest joining us today. There's just so much to go through here, folks. And I've been sounding the alarm about transhumanism for years. It's like the biggest story that unfortunately has not really been widely talked about by the American people yet. But Joe Allen, uh, an extraordinary individual, he uh, he does so much. He's actually working with uh, Steve Bannon. He's got a new book out dealing with exactly this subject. It's called Dark Eon, uh, the Transhumanist War Against Humanity. Uh, truly uh, critical reading here. Uh, welcome to the program, Joe. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I want to start with with the COVID and and kind of the the reemergence of this hysteria. You've got a chapter in your book about uh, the uh, pandemic as an initiation ritual. Uh, it, it seems like they're coming back with this, but what's the nexus between the COVID hysteria that we saw starting in 2020 and the advancement of these technologies and this transhumanist agenda? And, and what does that mean now that they're coming back with this stuff? I think in the same way that 9-11 represented uh, a, a, just a, a massive shift in how technology was understood and deployed in, in regard to digital surveillance in a mass, in a, in a totally digitized society, what you saw during COVID, you had many of the similar technologies in, in regards to using sensors all over the society. They're basically ubiquitous to track people's movements to track people's contacts, to identify social networks, all the things that surveillance have been used covertly for uh, really since these algorithms were, were uh, invented. You, you now, like suddenly, two and a half, three years ago, you had a, a mass push for everyone to submit to surveillance, very, very intimate surveillance going into the body itself and not just as, a, as an imposition, for some 50%, some half of the U.S. population, this was invited. It was embraced. So you had the mass digitization. You had, of course, e-learning. Suddenly, that was the norm. I mean, there's nothing more important than the impacts of these technologies on children because they are the ones who are going to be driving the future forward. And suddenly, you had, if not every child, most children in the nation who were suddenly turning to their devices as an instructor. Suddenly, the entire process of education was intimately wrapped up in this, this human-machine interface. Now, uh, in the wake of all that, you've got Bill Gates or Khan Academy who are talking about integrating GPT technology, a, a, a large language model, into the educational norms uh, around the country, but also, of course, around the world. Maybe most importantly, because of the, the immediate and, and visceral effect of it, you suddenly had the imposition of a gene-based injection that was openly experimental, 
that immediately showed uh, signs of injury and danger and and certainly a failure to uh, effectively do what it was supposed to do which was to stop the virus and so uh, you it was it was an amazing moment because the uh, the entire world underwent a, a psychological shift in which technology would save them from the hell that was being created around them by technocrats and the way out of that hell, the way out of that ritual chamber, not unlike uh, an archaic initiation rite, was to accept a, a dramatic invasive technology, to accept uh, foreign DNA into your RNA, a foreign genetic code into your body, uh, even as you could see with your own eyes that it wasn't working and was hurting people. So I think that was the beginning. They were just putting the, the tip in, and from there... Uh, it's just going to ramp up and ramp up. Who knows what the next crisis will be? Who knows what the source of the next crisis will be? But over and over again in American history, you see the same process. Uh, whenever there's a crisis, those who want power or who are already in power will either try to gain power or consolidate the power they already have. And with the open declarations of the worldview, the kind of future they want human beings to live in, uh, one can assume that those agendas will be pushed forward again and again and again. I suspect that it's, Tucker Carlson is correct, uh, whether it's a, a direct hot war with Russia or China or just major American military involvement, I suspect that will be the next justification for even more invasive mass surveillance and even more draconian punishments for wrong think. Yeah, it's truly amazing what we're seeing here. Uh, Klaus Schwab in his book on the fourth industrial revolution says at some point we may have to mandate these kinds of technologies like brain scans for everybody to determine whether they're national security risks. Uh, we've got people like Yuval Noah Harari saying that the pandemic was uh, the first time we all accepted this uh, ubiquitous surveillance that even is going to go under the skin. Um, before we went on air, you mentioned something really important that I want to emphasize for folks, and that was having to do with this Robux or Roblox, whatever. I don't even know all about it. I know my kids uh, hear about it all the time. I know it's a really big thing with kids. You said they just integrated AI into it. Um, you know, one of the big things that we saw during the pandemic was as all the education moved online, uh, suddenly they're gathering all this data. Suddenly children are interacting constantly with machines and with technology. Uh, talk a little bit about this thing that you just mentioned with the integration of the AI into the children's uh, kind of gaming platform uh, and also how they're preparing children to live in this weird techno transhumanist future. You know, these ideas are much better. All these are are imaginations of the future, uh, and, and they very readily capture the imagination of people who are imaginative. But most adults, you'll notice, uh, if, if you try to explain to them that literally you have a conspiracy to bring science fiction into reality, they shrug it off. They don't see it. It's fairly invisible to them, even with the direct uh, with the direct indications with children. Children are, are just they're open. Right. They're, they 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 absorb and readily take these fantastic voyages into the future. And that's healthy. That's good. The problem I see is that they're being herded much more than uh, informed or inspired. So in the case of, and this is just one of many, many cases, 
In the case of Roblox, what you see is Roblox, of course, is a platform, as a gaming platform. Uh, they, they really are, as far as metaverse companies, they're probably the most successful, not just because of virtual reality. I mean, the metaverse is not meta, obviously. In the metaverse, it's just the idea of having a virtual world that exists in parallel to society, to the physical world. And Roblox really provides a platform for that, including virtual reality. But uh, their new, uh, it's uh, the AI assistant, it's the Roblox AI assistant. Uh, it's integrated, it will be integrated uh, into the, the system. And so therefore you have roughly uh, 200 million uh, people and uh, among which uh, over 40% are under the age of 13. And what it does is it allows a person to create a virtual world with verbal commands. Uh, at this point, typed, soon to be spoken. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is working on something very similar for Meta. In fact, uh, a number of these companies are working on something very similar. It may seem like, okay, what's the, what's the big deal? This is SimCity, right? Didn't everybody, everybody loves SimCity. Uh, but I think it's the, the degree of immersion it's the, the degree of significance that's put on this virtual persona that these children embody. And then in the case of the AI assistant, you now have the, they're basically being trained uh, to learn to kind of speak to the machine and understand that the machine will grant wishes. It's not that different from those of us who sat around watching Saturday morning cartoons and eating, you know, crummy uh, breakfast cereals we saw on the commercials. Uh, but it is it is very much an acceleration of that into something that, as uh, you know, the transhumanist dream will be a very tight human AI symbiosis so that the human mind is very much like the AI and vice versa. And that relationship becomes not just desirable, but ultimately necessary. Yeah, and it's so terrifying. And folks need to recognize these are just the early stages. If you listen to the transhumanists, they're saying that eventually these technologies are actually going to be integrated right into your body, right into your brain. Um, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, when we get back from the other side of the break, Joe, I want to ask you about singularity. You know, I've heard Ray Kurzweil talk about this. It's a, it's a huge huge thing and yet it's really not on your average person's radar and then uh, you've got this wonderful appendix in the back on how to stay human and i think that really is going to be the takeaway so when we get back from this quick break folks we're going to break down the singularity and also how we can respond to this escalating madness all around us we'll be right back hi i'm alan keys and i want to say a good word for the new american magazine uh, not only because Alex Newman has joined us as somebody who is periodically hosting a show, but because New American Magazine represents a alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people. Visit thenewamerican.com today. Use the promo code Newman to get $10 off the price of a print subscription. Welcome back to Conversations That Matter, folks. We've got Joe Allen with us, um, expert extraordinaire when it comes to this very arcane, for now, topic of transhumanism. You're going to hear more and more and more about this in the months and the years ahead, folks. This is like the issue. Uh, really, the future of humanity itself is at stake here. So uh, Joe does a lot of things. He's written for a lot of the good uh, publications out there, Chronicles, Federalist, Human Events, National Pulse, Salvo, uh, you name it. He's been there. Uh, he also works closely with uh, Steve Bannon as a transhumanism correspondent. His new book is Dark Eon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. Uh, he's got just some incredible findings in there, folks, that you've got to know about. Um, Joe, thank you for staying with us over the break. 
I want to talk about the singularity. I, I think this is a term that probably not one in a thousand Americans would even be familiar with. And yet it is so monumentally important. It's going to affect every single one of us and every single one of our children in the decades to come, maybe even sooner than that. Let's start with the 50,000 foot view. What is singularity? What does it mean? What does the future look like when we arrive there, assuming we do? Uh, the singularity as a concept was really, uh, I, I, it was really made concrete by Ray Kurzweil. Uh, Ray Kurzweil, top R&D director at Google now. Uh, Ray Kurzweil had a, a vision of the future in which Moore's Law, the, the doubling of computing power every 18 months to two years, would continue. And so therefore, in computing and in a, no, a wide range of different technologies, you would see a gradual acceleration in their efficiency, in their effectiveness, in their complexity. And so going on that assumption, looking at the history and the momentum and playing it forward into the future, he's probably too specific. I, I think his specificity is a handicap, but it's a very good way of understanding how transhumanists envision the future because they have a very articulate vision of the future, whereas most of us uh, are looking to next week or maybe at the best next year. Uh, and so what Kurzweil was describing is the total fusion of human beings with technology. He talked about it in terms of robotics, nanotechnology, and genomics, artificial intelligence just being a subset of robotics. It's a robotic brain, so to speak. So his idea was that the artificial intelligence would become so complex as to be out of human control. Humans would not be able to comprehend it. Uh, they would not be able to do anything but fuse with it in order to be relevant in the future. His is one of many visions. There are transhumanists who don't believe that's the case. They think it's more gradual. There's, a, you know, there's a, a transhumanist for every season. But uh, the, 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 really, the singularity is the anchor. I dedicated the second chapter to Kurzweil and that idea. It's the anchor for the transhumanist movement because whether you agree with it 100% or not, that vision of fusing human beings with machines, that vision of creating an AI god, that vision of directing evolution to the point that we hit uh, a, a point of no return in which the technology is out of our hands, uh, that is a, in essence a religious prophecy and transhumanism is in essence a techno-religion. Yeah. And, you know, I've even heard uh, Elon Musk talking about the alleged necessity of us merging with uh, artificial intelligence if we want to stay relevant. I mean, he used almost that, that terminology right there. It's going to become so monumentally powerful that humans will become basically irrelevant if if we don't merge with it and, and stay ahead of the curve. Um, terrifying, terrifying prospect, if you ask me. Uh, you know, one thing that I saw recently with Ray Kurzweil, and I've been studying the guy for a while. He's got these, uh, in my opinion, just absolute delusions. He thinks we're going to, uh, you know, he was asked in his documentary, does God exist? And uh, he responds, well, not yet. What? Uh, you're going to build God. That's interesting. But um, I, I heard him say in, a, in an interview recently, he was talking about where he gets these ideas from. Uh, and he says he kind of downloads them in his sleep while he's dreaming. These right. ideas come to him. And then he spends his waking hours implementing the ideas that he has received during his dreams. Um, I suspect something really fishy is going on here. But we're down to just about five minutes left, Joe. And I want to ask you what is probably the most important question of all. How do we push back? Can we push back? I mean, you've got an, an appendix in your book, your 55-point plan to remain, to stay human 
Um, I mean, this is coming at us like a freight train. What do we need to know about about all this? How do how do we stay human? Assuming we we choose to stay human, which I'm absolutely staying human. Uh, you know, uh, just for the audience, so that they know that uh, they're not daunted. 55 point plan is really a kind of a joke. You you've all been to that conference where at the end of the talk, the guy's like, here's my 22 point plan to save the country. Here's my 13 point plan. This is the 55 point plan to save the world. Uh, it is really just looking at five different areas, personal choice, communal norms, uh, institutional practices, legislation political policy and then of course uh the the spiritual orientation of the individual and the society as a whole and going through each of these i lay out what i believe to be the proper path but i make no pretense at being the authority on where the entirety of the human race should go i'm simply really taking the momentum of the book as it leads you to a, a really uh, or lead you through all of these nightmarish visions that have been concocted about what the future can and should be. And I hope to inspire people to create or discover the futures that they would prefer as an alternative. Because I don't think uh, dreaming into the next election or dreaming about your pension, uh, you know, dreaming about your kid's graduation, I don't think that's going to cut it uh, anymore. At this point, the transformation is going to continue to be radical. It may not be exactly Ray Kurzweil's trajectory. It will continue to accelerate. And so the first thing is to identify what is given to you by your ancestors, by your society. What is sacred? What is non-negotiable? What is, in essence, human? And if you're religious, what is divinely human? And what are the barriers around that? What are the borders? And what borders will not be crossed? The pandemic was, I think, a great testing ground for them to see how far they could push us. It was also, uh, I think, very uh, noble on the part of many of the people who rebelled. Uh, you, you now had a sense of how much you could say no and actually see your will enacted. I think that these sorts of confrontations and these sorts of conflicts are only going to ramp up in the years to come. And as that happens, the, the big thing will be to erect cultural barriers where you do not want to see that divine humanity invaded. And of course, to as I said uh, before on your show, the ability to just simply say no. Because during the pandemic and many other times, 9-11 being another great example, um, suddenly your your ability to say no was, <clears throat> was nullified. Uh, that can't happen again. We have to have autonomy over ourselves now. And of course, we have to have the freedom to decide what future we want going forward. It will be difficult to say no to things like digital currency in nations where, they become, where it becomes simply ubiquitous. It will be very difficult to get by in a nation that implements universal digital identification. Uh, should that come to pass, should that come to realization, then we have major problems. Last thing I want to leave you with, these are dreams of the future. Uh, the future is yet to come. Uh, and there's no one dream that is going to come true for everybody, nor nightmare. Uh, I think you can take hope in knowing that there is always going to be cracks in the system. There's always going to be a way out of the cell. That's encouraging right there. And uh, really appreciate it, Joe. There's obviously so much more that we could talk about. I mean, your, your book is just packed full of 
unbelievable and incredibly important information. And folks, uh, he's got it meticulously documented with sources in the end. You can track it all down. Um, this is like a freight train coming at us and nobody is paying attention uh, except Joe and a tiny handful of others. Uh, Joe, you've got a Twitter account. Uh, I follow you there. Fascinating stuff you put up. It's uh, Joe Bot XYZ. Uh, the book is Dark Eon, uh, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. Before we let you go, uh, what's the best place to get that book and what's the best place to follow your excellent work? Well, if you are conditioned to use Amazon, the Amazon's always there. If you want to evade the beast, you can always go directly to the publisher, skyhorse.com or skyhorsepublishing.com to buy it directly from them. Barnes & Noble, Bookshop should have them back in stock soon. And um, yeah, I, 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 I hope that you're, you, you have been at the forefront of this, uh, my, uh, my friend. So, you know, I hope that your audience haven't been taken as far down this path as they have. I hope that I can add something of value uh, to where they're already at. Uh, well, Joe, your book is extraordinary. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you for your work. Folks, go get the book. Dark Eon. You can find it at your favorite bookstore, Amazon, if you must, or get it directly from the publisher. Fantastic people. Skyhorse Publishing. Uh, just great, great folks. Get it directly from there. And also follow Joe on Twitter. His, his Twitter feed is must-read stuff, but stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. I'm Alex Newman. This is Conversations That Matter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you all.